Hello, 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 and welcome to the first episode of a series dedicated to childhood development. My name is Trent and I am three-fourths of the way down my bachelor's degree, so you know you can trust me. During my college career, I've spent countless hours inside the classroom observing different teachers, students, environments, and like the relationship between all three. Um, in my first day at one particular placement, um, the layout of the classroom was basically perfection. There was a clear differentiation between table instruction and exploration. The majority of the classroom was actually exploration and it allowed for students to use all of their senses in order to learn and experience for themselves. Um, This teacher had bodily kinesthetic learning, musical learning, artistic, auditory. It was the ideal pre-kindergarten classroom. Um, And in this classroom placement, I found one student who immediately caught my eye and led me to doing research about his behaviors. Um, Some background on this student, he is the youngest child of two. His father has moved out of the household at least twice. Those are the two times my co-op was aware of. And he comes from a lower socioeconomic status. And if you have the idea that this is a child of color, you're wrong. It is a little white boy, as the majority of families in this district are white. I immediately knew I would have questions regarding this child when he walked in. He was visibly tired and wasn't listening to anything the teacher was saying. And throughout the day, I noticed he was continuously escalating. And escalating is a term used to describe a child whose behavior is continually getting more and more aggressive. And then he would have to be pushed to go and sit in the calming station in the room to try and regulate his emotions, which once he was there, he seemed very good at. Um, The calming station was just basically a mattress pad with drapery that was all white and had some sensory toys in it. One was a fidget spinner. There was little beads he could snap back and forth. But I noticed that every time he was in that station, it was during an unstructured period of the day. So it was like center time when they would move freely from station to station. Uh, It was lunchtime during gym time. When we were walking in the hallway, he would have to step out and putting together all these timestamps of the occurrences, I wondered, was it the lack of structure that causes this? So it led me to ask the question, how can structure benefit children from single parent households? And I did many, many um, search, used many, many search terms, looked up many research articles and nothing really stuck out to find my search term completely, which was upsetting, but I, dug deeper and deeper and I came across an article from 2017 um, by Bachnick, Dayton, Richardson and others and it was entitled Routine Active Playtime with Fathers is Associated with Self-Regulation in Early Childhood and their article explored how routine playtime specifically with a father is positively correlated to the occurrence of self-regulation. So in like normal people words, it's the more often and regularly a father would play with a child led to a higher level of self-regulation or quote unquote checking yourself in terms of behavior. This article gave me insight about my research question because this particular student has had his father move out two times. So even if his father was playing with him, it definitely isn't routine. It's scattered around and we can see this exhibited in his regulation at school. He isn't able to control his emotion until it's too late and then has to spend time in the cooling station until he's calm enough to return to the regular school day. Like I said, I couldn't find many articles particular to students from single parent households, but this was a very close substitute, seeing that there isn't significant evidence linked to a mother having active playtime with a child correlating to self-regulation. 
looking back on it, this surprised me, and I almost wonder if there's a larger sample size, would their findings be different? Um, the article makes it seem that if the father isn't present, a mother can't substitute for him. But as someone who grew up in a single-parent household with only a mother, I was able to self-regulate for a very young age. Now, my instances that I went through and my happenstance that I grew up with is almost completely different from this child. I didn't grow up in the same area. I grew up in more of a city. Most of my peers were children of color, um, and I was the oldest child. And I was able to adapt with my lot in life. So maybe that's because of my certain hand that I was dealt, and that his hand that he was dealt isn't letting him adjust and self-regulate. Um, I've only been around this child for five hours, about, so I wish I had more insight, but at this point it's just coming out as assumptions and not factual, so I need to be around his behaviors and responses more before I try and dissect his situation. So I am actually look, looking forward to spending more time with the student and seeing why these behaviors are coming up, when they're coming up, specifically what are they stemming from. And until I have those answers, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs>